0: A few months ago, I was in Home Depot, and I was standing there getting a package of screws. And one of the workers um, like interrupts me, not to find out how I'm doing or what I need, but he said he started telling me about kids that he'd seen running wild in Home Depot. And I and he starts going, "When I was a kid, they used to beat us to get us under control." And I, I'm standing there going. I I came here for some pocket hole screws. I don't, did not mean to get into a discussion about parenting methods with you. But something must have just happened, and so this guy was really excited to talk about parenting methods. And this is how we do parenting. And I was thinking of that story because a lot of us have in our minds different kinds of parenting. There's the kind of parenting that's the, the really stern kind of parenting. The, the kind of, I'm in control and I'm going to tell you what to do. There's the kind of hands-off parenting that says, hey, go and have fun. I'm going to trust you to do your kind of thing. You, you heard terms like the helicopter parent that's always hovering, always calling the, the, the teacher at school, that's always wanting to make sure that their kids are doing okay and that they have everything that they need. Maybe you've heard the jokes about the difference between millennial parents and other generations. There's lots of different kinds of parenting. It seems like if we look around and we look at our culture, we look at our own lives, we look at our own families, lots of different kind of parenting. But I want to show you today a passage. And, and as we begin to apply it, I want to show you that there's two kinds of parenting. And we're invited from one kind of parenting to the other. Go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 is one of the most famous verses or chapters in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians chapter 2, in one sense, is not about parenting. But all of the Bible applies to parenting. So, in a sense, it actually is a parenting chapter. I had a professor once say, What's the first verse in Ephesians that talks about parenting? And, you know, we're all thinking, well, uh, you know, if Ephesians 5 talks about parenting. But the reality is it's Ephesians 1, that's the first Ephesians 1, 1, that's the first verse in Ephesians that talks about parenting, because all of it applies to parents. And what I want to do today is I want to take this famous passage from Ephesians, and I want to apply that specifically to parenting. But some of you, maybe you don't have kids. Maybe your kids are grown. Maybe you've never had kids. Maybe... Um, maybe you're a teenager and you're going, hey, how does this apply to me? What I want to suggest is that you actually could replace the word where I use parent with a different verb. You you could apply this to a different area of life, having to do with work, having to do with relationships. It could have to do with suffering. And so this passage, you might go, hey, I'm, this does apply to me with the word parent, but this passage and this way of applying the passage does apply to me. If I replace that word parent with another verb. And so what Ephesians, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter two. We're gonna be verse reading verses one through 10. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Father, as we open your word, help us to apply this beautiful passage to parenting. Help us to see parenting with new eyes and realize that there are two kinds of parenting and you can move us from one kind together. other. pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. This passage calls us to parent from the power and for the supremacy of God's grace. Let me repeat that. This passage calls us to parent from the power and for the supremacy of God's grace. I want to show you in the, the four ways in this passage that we parent from grace. For, for how we, we parent from grace. Verses one through three call us, beware parenting ruled by death. Beware parenting ruled by death. First, verses one through three show us a way of living that is characterized by death. I mentioned earlier that there's two kinds of parenting. This passage raises for us, it is possible to, raise, to parent while ruled by death. First one says, "'As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins.'" in which you used to live or walk your translation may say when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient all of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving wrath this these verses point us to the fact that you that there is a way of living characterized by death and called living according to this world Doing the things that we used to do, following the ways of the people around us. There is a way of living that is living underneath the ruler of this world. The ruled by the spirit of this world. He says in the way that you used to walk. That he, he says that it, it's characterized by gratifying the cravings of our flesh. Just living out the desires of our bodies and the desires of our minds. There is a way that we used to live that was ruled by death. And as we begin to apply that to parenting, it makes it obvious that there is a way of parenting characterized by death that is characterized by the ruler of this world, the spirit of the world, characterized by des- by desires, desires of the flesh, desires of the mind. We can each begin to think, whether it's in our own family or families that we've seen, of what that kind of parenting looks like. The kind of parenting that's ruled by death, ruled by by a parent whose desires are out of control, a parent who's addicted to a substance, to a way of living and unable to break out of that. And so all of the parenting is characterized by death. And this passage calls us to be aware that, that the way of the world, the the, the spirit of the, the world, the ruler of the world, the desires of the world can, can put us in their mold and they can rule us. And then that can apply to our parenting. The, this call is to beware in our own lives of that, that this tendency this, this, this to parent in a way of death and so when we hear messages come in from the world of people saying, oh, this is how to raise kids and this is what to do and this is what the latest research says and this is the, the call to us as parents is to say, is this modeling the way of death in my family? Is this me living out the, the deadness that I used to have I'm in Christ? Am I, am I just taking the advice of people that are still dead in sin? and trying to raise my kids in their methods? Or am I actually parenting parenting from grace? It's gonna look different. We're gonna see that here in just a minute. I'm reminded in the life of Paul in the Bible, the the change that happens in one person, because Paul, whose, whose Hebrew name was Saul, grew up educated in the very best schools, zealous for God, And yet, ruled by his own desires, sought to kill the Christians, thought that he was serving God by killing God's people. And then he meets Jesus who says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God uh, opens his eyes, takes the scales off of his eyes, helps him to see, raises him to new life. And so then we see, we get the ministry of Paul who wrote this letter here in Ephesians and many and most of the other letters in the New Testament. We see in one person the move from death to life. We see uh, the move of one person who goes from persecuting Christians and hating Jesus. So loving Jesus and loving God's people and giving his, his life and giving his energy and giving his strength to serve them. And so this, the beginning of this passage is a call to say there is a way of living that is ruled by death. There is a way of parenting that is ruled by death. And so we must be careful of that and say, God, I don't want anything to do with that. We have to be as parents begin to say, God, I don't want to parent in the way of death. I don't want to listen to voices that, that tell me, oh, this is the way to go, unless it's a, a voice from life that's saying, this is what. This is what it means to raise children in the Lord. This is what it means to live, not ruled by death. This is what it means to suffer, not ruled by death. This is what it means to work, not ruled by the ruler of this world. Not walking in the way of the world, but instead walking in the way of grace. So the first way that we parent from the power and for the supremacy of God's grace is we beware parenting that's ruled by death. The second way that we parent from grace is we receive God's grace for parenting. Verses four through six says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. These verses may be my favorite words in the Bible, but God, but because of his great love for us, but because of his mercy, God, God is the mover in grace. God is the mover in salvation. These verses highlight this is actually God's work. He interrupts his thought just to make sure we don't make a mistake and think that this, this salvation is something that we do. God is the mover in salvation. He describes God who is rich in mercy. And then he just says, God does three things. He says, God made us alive with Christ. God raised us up with Christ. And God seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. God is the mover because of his great mercy. God is the one that does it. And he does three things. He makes us alive with Christ. We were dead in our sin. We parented from death. We lived from death. We suffered from death. We worked from death. But God made us alive with Christ. And then he raised us up with Christ. And then he seats us with him in the heavenly realms. So this, the, this passage calls us to receive God's grace for, life, for living, God, to receive God's grace specifically for parenting. And to say, I don't want to parent from death. I'm going to be aware of that. But this is not a, hey, let me try and do better. Let me actually receive the gift of God raising me from death to life. Raising me up to be with Christ and seating me in the heavenly places with him. And so this this section calls to us and says, you don't have to be stuck in the power of death's parenting. No matter what it is that you are struggling with as a parent, no matter what kind of patterns that you've fallen into, no matter what you've heard and seen and received in your own years of growing up, this passage says you can be made alive with Christ. You can be seated with him in the heavenly places. You do not have to be stuck parenting from death. You can parent from life by receiving it from God. There is nothing that you can do. Receive God's grace for parenting. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter four that talks, where Paul is talking about his ministry. And he said, we have this treasure, this gospel of God in jars of clay. So that, so that, We can know that this is from God and not from us. These verses highlight for us that God's salvation for us, God's invitation for us to parent from grace and from life is something that God does. We have this treasure in us so that we can know that this is from God and not from us, so that we can know that parenting from life, parenting from grace comes from God and not from us because only he could raise us from death. And so we have this treasure in jars of clay so that God gets the glory from it, so that we can know that we are continually going and drawing from his well and not from our own. And so this, this, this verses four through six tell us don't be stuck. As a parent, if you right now are struggling, the call is to say God who is rich in mercy is offering salvation to you, raising you up with his grace and mercy to fill you. So will you take that for parenting? Rather than more strategies and more plans and more shame and more guilt and more, more effort, could we could you parent from grace by receiving God's grace for you? Raising you from death to life and seating you in the heavenly places of Christ. The third way that we parent from grace is verses seven through nine tell us that we embrace God's power and purpose for our parenting. It's an invitation to embrace God's power and purpose for our parenting. Verses seven through nine are so important because it says God did all of us. God has raised us from death to life, seated us in the heavenly places with Christ in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Verse seven is so incredibly important. Why does the God who is rich in mercy, who loves us dearly, has raised us up to life, why has he done this? Verse seven, in order that in the coming ages, so that in the future, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. The entire point of what God is doing. Why does God save me? Why does God save you? Why does he offer salvation to us? Why does he give us this glorious gift? So that he can show how incredibly great his mercy is. That's the point, is that he gets shown off, not so that we get shown off. God's point in salvation is so that his great, incredible mercy and love gets shown off. I think that, 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 me, that the way that that's done, that the incomparable riches of his grace are expressed in his kindness to us. I think that that's done by showing how incredibly powerful his grace and his mercy are because they raise dead people to life. They take poor people and put them in a throne room. They take weak people and give them the power for new life. God saves us to show off the incredible power of his mercy. So the call to us is can we embrace God's power, mercy, and God's purpose to show off that mercy for our parenting? Can we embrace those two things? God's mercy is the power and showing that off is the purpose. Can we become the kind of parents that say, I am, per- I am parenting in the power of God's mercy and so that God's mercy is expressed to the world through the way that I relate to my children? Can we, can we begin to say, my power is not in how much sleep I get, Not in how my bank account looks, not how my kids behave, not how my hobbies go, not how well my family is working. The power that I have to parent comes from the gospel of God's grace that comes in and raises the dead to life. And so I have that kind of power in my parenting. When I'm weak, so discouraged, and I'm so alone, and I don't know what to do. Can can we begin to say, no, I have a power that does not come from me. It doesn't come from my situation. It comes from the, the mercy of God that raised me from death to life. Can we begin to embrace the purpose of God's mercy for our parenting? God, I want to parent kids to show off the incredible greatness of your mercy through me and through them. That's the purpose. God didn't save me for anything less than showing off how incredible his mercy is. Can I begin to embrace that purpose? God wants to show off the incredible mercy his incredible mercy through my relating to my children, whether they're young or old. Like this this is the ballgame. This is it. What God wants is to show off his mercy through my relationship with my kids. If you're here applying that to another situation, God wants, God's purpose for you and for your salvation is that in the midst of suffering, he would show off the incomparable greatness of his mercy through you. As you, as you struggle, and as you struggle in, in a work situation and you say, how does this apply? God's purpose for your work is to show off the incredible greatness of his mercy through you in that place? Can we begin to embrace that purpose? And then, and ultimately, underneath all of that, the purpose of my parenting is the supremacy of God and his grace. Not an easy life for me, not a nice retirement, not to keep the economy going, not because it somehow fulfills me or makes me look good or pleases my parents. The purpose that God has given me children is so that I can show him off. we embrace that kind of purpose? When I was in college, I went to a college of about six to 800 students, and we were on top of a mountain. And about 45 minutes away, there was another college on top of a mountain, and we were rivals. And I am thankful to say I didn't do anything illegal, and I didn't do anything I'm embarrassed of. But the rivalry between our schools, I have nothing to apologize for. The rivalry between our schools was really intense. And other people had some stuff to apologize for. But the rivalry between our schools was incredibly intense. I remember I remember soccer matches where they limited the number of seats that we could have. And so we, we couldn't hardly see the field. Because, and there wasn't enough space for us to go. I remember there were events, there was an event one night and students stole the license plates from everybody's cars around the dorm. I remember soccer matches that were so incredibly loud, basketball games that were so incredibly loud, fans yelling at one another the entire game, cheering their school on, because what we were locked in was this competition to see who could be better. Is my school better or is your school better? And now with the years between me and those days, I can see the value in that school. But we were totally obsessed in that moment in making sure to cheer our team on, to make sure the other team knows that they're not as good. And when our team won, when our team did well, when, when things went well for us, and we declared to the world, we are better than our rivals, that was everything. We were, like, we were on cloud nine. And I'm telling you that story. Because we were locked in a battle to be number one. We were locked in a battle to make sure that everybody knows that we and our school are better than yours. And we were obsessed with that for four years. I was obsessed with that for four years. This passage calls us to embrace the supremacy of God's mercy with that kind of passion, with more passion for that. God, can my parenting be animated by a deep and abiding passion that the world know, not that I am great, but that you and your mercy have changed me and my kids and have set us on a different trajectory. Can, the call in this passage is to say, can we embrace God's power and God's purpose for our parenting, which is the supremacy of his grace? The fourth way that we use parent, that we parent from grace, is that we walk in God's grace as a parent. Verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Your translation may say, Their walk. This passage calls us and says, God made us. And he created us in Christ to do good works. Things that God prepared for us to do before we were born. That's what he's, he saved us to show off his mercy as we walk in those kind of things. This passage says that you are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Created for the good work of parenting. Because it will show off God's incomparable grace in a way that nothing else and nobody else can. That you have that job with your kids to show off his great and incredible, overwhelming, all-surpassing mercy. Created for that good work. This passage says that the God who saved you created you for this work. He has things in mind. He has great things in mind the passage, uh, ver- this passage 1 through 10 I love because it's a, the passage begins as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live to do or to walk is the word that's used there then it ends there so you used to be dead and you lived like it and it ends with we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, to live, to walk in. He uses the same exact word. You used to be dead, and you lived like it, and now you've been made alive for something so that you can live like it. And the call to us is to begin to apply that to our parenting. Say, yes, I used to parent out of death because I lived as a dead man, outside of Christ, not trusting in Him, not filled with His mercy, not filled with His power. But now, I have been raised with Christ. I have been made alive. I have been seated at the right hand of the Father. And so now I want to live like it. I want to parent like it. I want to walk like it. I want to suffer like it. I want to work like it. God is the one. God is the mover. God is the center of all of this. And he raises us to life to show off his incredible mercy. And he does it in little acts as we do that in our house. So the call to us is to say, God, you have raised me to life, and so I want to walk in this way. You have have given me new life. You have given me a seat at the right hand of the throne room of heaven, and I want to live like it as a parent. I want to begin parenting from grace, from that kind of strength. This passage lays out for us two ways to live, two ways to parent, a way of death that comes from death, in a way of life that comes from life. And that life is a gift that God gives to us. And this, this invitation, for some of you, you go, how, how can this be? Is it, can I know that this is for me for real? Joe, how do I know if I'm in the category of death or life? how do I know if I'm in the category of death or life? The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That all of us who turn our backs on God and say we will live our own way doing our own thing, the Bible says we are already dead in our sin. And we only have death to look forward to at the end of our lives. But instead of leaving us there, Bible says that God demonstrates his own love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This passage says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. We are dead in our sin, but God gives himself for us, and this becomes ours. We make the move from death to life as we take Jesus. It's a gift of grace, and we receive it by faith. I I can't earn it. I can't can't do anything to make this happen. It is a free gift of God. And so I am going to take the lead and trust in Jesus alone to save me. I'm going to trust in Jesus alone to raise me from the dead. I'm going to trust in Jesus alone to give me a seat at the right hand of God in the throne room of heaven for all eternity. The Bible says that's how this becomes ours. That's how we embrace the gift of God for our parenting. That's how we embrace God's power and purpose. We take Jesus by faith. The Bible describes it as repentance, turning away, changing of the mind. I'm not going that way anymore. I'm going to turn. I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to walk after Jesus. I'm going to accept Jesus. I'm going to make my whole life about Jesus. If you have questions about that, please reach out to me. Please don't wait. Right now we're doing things digitally. So send me an email, leave a comment below. I want to know for sure that you have passed from death to life and can begin to parent out of that power and for that purpose. So this passage calls us to parent from the power and for the supremacy of God's grace. This passage calls us to beware of the way of death. We can parent in that way of death, but instead to receive God's great mercy and to parent from, for the, from the power and for the supremacy of God's grace. And I hope that you can with me begin to think that changes my parenting. Because I'm not dependent on my culture to tell me how to I'm not dependent on my experience to tell me how to parent. I'm not dependent on my desires to tell me how to parent. Instead, I am animated by the power of God. I am animated as I fix my eyes on the purpose of God for my kids. And that changes everything. That means communication is different. That means discipline is different. That means that the way that I spend my time and I relate to them and I try to cultivate their hearts changes Because it's not about me, it's about the power and purpose of God for my kids. I begin to walk in God's grace as a parent. Honestly, if if we begin to imagine what might change, what might change when your parenting failures don't cripple you anymore? Because we know that Jesus died for those. Imagine what that looks like when instead of mom guilt, of the kind of shame that says you're not good enough. We can begin to say, you're right. And God, through his great mercy, is pouring that out on me and on my kids. And so that doesn't have to be crippling anymore. Imagine what kind of parenting it would be without that weight and without that burden. That's a different kind of parenting. That's the kind of parenting that all of our communities, that's the kind of parenting that our kids need to experience. That's the kind of parenting that everybody on my block needs to hear about and know about, that highlights and is empowered by the good news of God's grace, poured out on sinners, raising the dead to life. That's good news. We get to be that in our communities. We get to be that with our kids. Father, thank you for your great mercy that you have poured out on me. Thank you for your great mercy that you have poured out on us. Thank you for your great mercy that you are pouring out on our kids as we get to hear and experience and apply the gospel to their lives. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.